Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We're streaming live on YouTube. We on Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! What's happening, people? Coming up today, we're in the thick of things, man. We're in the thick of things. Week three training camp. Prepar- preparing, I should say. For the first preseason game against Jacksonville, final installs are happening, and we're starting to see some of these young bucks, right? Like how they're practicing and where they fit. And we're going to talk about a few of the young running backs later on. Mike McCarthy spoke about them. I want to dive back into it because I think I'm ready. I'm ready to commit to a stance. I know it's a little early, but I'm ready to commit. I think there's been enough hints dropped. And when we when I talk about this commitment here, uh, it, it takes me back to something that the Cowboys haven't done in quite some time. So uh, we'll, we'll take a little trip down memory lane and uh, we're going to hear from Mike McCarthy. We'll also hear from one of the running backs. Also, when you're in the thick of training camp, Cowboys Nation bomb squad injuries happen, you get nicked up. Right. So uh, we're going to give a couple updates on some of these guys that got nicked up yesterday or throughout the training camp and see. Where they're at again, so far, so good, but you're going to have these things happen. Nothing too crazy just yet, and we hope that remains, but uh, Saturday will be the true test because Saturday you're going to have an actual game where other teams, like other players, don't care about your guys being nicked up or injured. They're trying to take their heads off, so we'll keep an eye on that one, man. But what's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! Lee, what's good? Lee, you, it's so perfect that I see you drop up in here. So I'm not going to give a whole bunch of attention to this. But Shady and, and, and Emmanuel Acho came to camp yesterday. And a lot of people, you know, it, it made waves, as it should, right? Let me say this. Salute salute to them for coming down. Like they said, you know, I ain't said they would, but salute to them for coming down. However, you could have stayed a little longer. You know, you could have actually watched practice. And if you did, Shady would have fantastic, you know, fodder to talk about because, you know, Dak and Trayvon Diggs was going at it and Diggs got him like two or three times. Right. So he left. He left before he had a chance to take some some video footage and use it on the airwaves and 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 make it a big deal. So, yeah, you know, they came down there or whatever. And, you know, some people are upset with how that went down with the players or whatnot. But look, man. Who, look, I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to let my guy say it here. Where, where you at? Where you at? I'm here to tell you right now. We don't care. Let me tell, right, let me tell you. <laughs> we don't care. At the end of the day, I'm going to give it this little two minutes, and that's it. I, I, I don't care. You know, I, I, I want to talk about the actual football aspect of this thing. That's a circus. You know, that, that's a clown show. That's, that's neither here nor there when it comes to actual football and reporting what's happening at training camp. But it worked. It absolutely worked. They got their little video. They, they did a little remix. People are retweeting and, and talking about it, you know, and the engagements and whatnot. It worked. Kudos to them. But I want to talk ball. Is that okay with y'all? If you want to call in and talk about it, that's cool. 
but I want to talk ball. And today I want to talk about this running back room because I'm ready to commit to, to it being a deeper room than it's been in the past. All right. With that said, let's get down to business. Now that we've said hello, let's get down to business. Yes, sir. It is time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Bomb squad, let me talk to you. I got a little nervous yesterday, man. Mozzie Smith, breaking news. Where's my news thing out here? Mozzie Smith, scheduled for MRI, precautionary MRI. Something up with his knee. Oh, what's going on with my Smith? Nothing is going on with Mozzie Smith. Whew. Bullet dodge. So apparently he has some, some knee things going on and they wanted to take a precautionary MRI. They got that done, came back good. And per those close to the situation, he's fine. Now, one thing we do know that I, I know I've learned from this is he deals with some tendonitis. I happen to know what that's like. I don't happen to know what it's like weighing 330 pounds, though. But, yeah, I, I know what tendonitis is. That's not something that's going to keep him out from, from ever playing or anything like that or hinder him. It's just a, nu it's a nuisance more than anything. But from a structural standpoint, he's good to go. You'd love to hear it. I wonder if we'll see him suit back up at practice tomorrow. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he'll get some, some snaps on Saturday. Uh, so good news on Mozzie Smith. Now, this is going to be one of those... What do you call it? Where you at, L? The 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 shit sandwiches or something like that, where you got good news on the outside or bad news on the outside, good on the inside. Y'all let me know. One of them sandwiches. In the middle of this, shout out to Brandon Aubrey. He had his best day going. 11 for 11 at training camp for the first time. Look, I'm not pronouncing him to make the team or anything like that but you want to hear these things i know people will say i don't care it's camp well for the kicker situation it matters that's why tristan viscaino got cut because he couldn't cut it he was bad out there now aubrey wasn't better but maybe now that there's not competition aubrey feels a little bit more comfortable out there but 11 for 11 for the first time he was perfect at camp and let's see if he can stack those good days i always talk about there's certain things from jason garrett I don't mind carrying over when it comes to saying, and that's one of them. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely about stacking good days on top of each other for certain players that absolutely need it, and Aubrey is one of them. So he'll be the lone guy out there Saturday. Let's see if he can carry this momentum over from Tuesday to Thursday and Friday and uh, or Thursday and Saturday and see what happens here. So shouts out to Brandon Aubrey for finally getting some good traction down there at camp. Then there's the other part of that sandwich I was talking about, L. Tyler Biotish. So I saw the play on Twitter. He got his ankle rolled up, uh, and, and that was a scare. And this is a scare because the interior depth is an issue. We know that, right? And, and I've got some more on that here in a second. But the good news is he's fine. Or let me use this word. Per a person close to Biotish, he's good. 
what does good mean? Does good mean it's only something that will keep him out for the rest of the week? I don't know. But good means he ain't going to be out for the start of the season or missing the season, nothing like that. So we dodged two bullets here with Mozzie Smith and Tyler Biotish with the ankle scare for Tyler Biotish. And he most definitely was the look Mozzie, not diminishing what Mozzie is, but I think Biotish was the more concerning one because you, your defense is, I think, going to be great, period. If Mozzie has to miss time, hang whomever, I think it's going to be a great defense. But if Tyler misses time, right? If Tyler is out for the season, you're down to at this point, according to Coach McCarthy, Matt Fournier. Yeah. Yeah, Cowboys Nation. Let me bring you back here. So it came out yesterday in the scrum, the walk-off, right? Uh, Coach Mike McCarthy said that Fournier will be the backup center moving forward. He is focusing on center, not guard. So if he's focusing on center, that leaves Josh Ball, that leaves uh, Brock Hoffman, these guys. Not comforting, right? Hell, I, I wanted to see Matt Forniak do more center things because I just didn't believe in the tape that I saw at guard. I just didn't. I gave you all the statistics, but the tape is even worse, you know? And obviously, they're out there, and they understand it. Okay, look. This isn't going to be it for him. He plays center at Nebraska. Let's give him a shot and see what he can do uh, moving forward. I'm still not as comfortable, but we'll see what happens. We got training. Uh, we got preseason games. Let's see if he can stack some good days and gain some momentum. But right now, it's Tyler Biotish, Matt Forniak for center, and then next to them when it comes to starters, you got Zach Martin and Tyler Smith. But if any of those guys are out, whether it be contract or whether it be an injury, Boy, we're in trouble back there. We're in trouble. So we need Tyler Biotish to, to be healthy and moving forward because he's going to help your pass blocking, and he's also going to help your run game be efficient. So you're going to need your starting – my bad. You're going to need Pro Bowl Tyler Biotish out there, Cowboys. You are. Uh, speaking of the run game, the battle for RB2, man, it, it's heating up. And it's getting to a point where it might come to a point, I should say, where we're not even calling it RB2. However, that that is a real thing, right? Being second on the depth chart does mean something. And Mike McCarthy was asked about every running back outside of Tony Pollard yesterday at the presser. And he has some glowing words to say on all of them. So we're going to take a listen to Mike McCarthy speak on Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, and Rico Dowdle. So, Take a listen, Cowboys Nation. Malik Davis, can you talk about him? You know, he showed some stuff last year yeah. uh, and come back in year two. Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, you know, number one, very, very natural runner. We knew that. And I think, think he he showed that last year with his opportunities. Uh, but the pass pro and in, in, the, in the route running has has really improved. So Malik Malik's having a very very good camp. Well, I, I think Deuce has had uh, a really good camp. I mean, his his work yesterday was off the charts. I mean, just the amount of work he had in, in special teams. Um, so the, the, what I'm going through is the versatility. You know, he's he's really shown excellent versatility from special teams to offense. Uh, I think we're all we all smile uh, when he does pass protect because. Um, you talk about you know the instincts, awareness, and, and most importantly the footwork to get yourself in position. He, he has that. You know, I mean, so you know whether he developed it at K State or it's just you know he. I, I've been very impressed. You know he understands protections. Very smart player. 
Um, so uh, he, he, right now we're just rolling him in there and you know he's doing all the other things that the, the running backs are asked to do no differently. So uh, and I think that's important that you do that through the install phase and so he has clear understanding of the offense. But uh, I, I, I've been very pleased with his pass protection. Think he's handled the physicality of the pattern practices. Oh, yeah. No, he's fine. Yeah, no, not, I mean, that's, he's, I mean, he's, he's pro ready. Yeah, I, I have no concerns about Deuce. Rico was a guy that you singled out early on here in camp. What is it about him that you guys like? He's not had to carry for you two years because he's been hurt. Uh, all the little things. I think him and Malik are very similar as far as how they, you know, their inside run ability, uh, their ability to, to read blocks, anticipate the second level. So I like that about him. Rico has probably had uh, some of the most impressive pass pro pickups so far <laughs> this camp. And, you know, we tend to forget Rico, you know, scored a touchdown on a kickoff return, you know, as a rookie. I mean, he's, you know, his second level running is, I always felt exceptional. I mean, he's a young man that had some injuries he had over, overcome. And, um, I think we're just seeing a healthy Rico. We're just seeing a healthy Rico. G- glowing words for every running back, right? And, and he ended it with Rico there. We're, we're going to talk about them all. You can call in, by the way. I forgot to give you all a number, 351-999-3787. But I wanted to pick that up with, with Rico Dowdle because this is now like the second or third time, you know. I mean, he's talked about all the backs, but he's just, he's speaking this glowing of him. And when you're talking to people down there, it looks like he is in the lead at this very moment for RB2, but I'm going to tell you why that might not matter in a sense. But he is in the lead right now for RB2. So they asked Rico, who, again, is coming off another injury-riddled season, they asked Rico about what Mike McCarthy was talking about there, his pass pro. You know, he's saying he is looking like the best pass pro guy out there. He's exceptional in it. And um, it's something that when Rico spoke with the media, he takes pride in. But they also asked him about, what is he doing differently to, to stay healthy? Like we understand you've dealt with a bunch of injuries throughout your career. Last year, you were managed to get through uh, the, the preseason and the off season, but then got hurt in the middle of the season. So what are you doing differently? So here's Rico Dowdle on taking advantage of this opportunity, being taking pride in being a pass protector and the things that he's doing differently with his body. Talk, talk a little bit about um, why you take so much pride in, in pass pro. Um, I've always um, took pride in it since college. Uh, you know, you got to protect the quarterback, so you got to take pride in pass protection, and, and that's one of those roles, and that's one of those things that Zeke was great at, so you got to come in and do it. But I always t- took pride in pass protection. Uh, I did a lot of stretching and a lot more conditioning um, just stand on it because I've, I've been a soft tissue guy. Most of my career and things like that, so stretching and just stand on top of that. I get in the hot tub every day, cold tub after practice now every day. So small things, just small things in my body to stand on top of it. It's a real opportunity here to, to, to back up Tony. Can you just talk about the, the opportunity in front of you? Um, yes, sir. Uh, biggest opportunity of my life, obviously. Um, like you said, to back up TP and get that number two spot. Um, I've been here four years, so uh, looking forward to the competition and the battle and the, and the opportunity that comes with it in that spot and being in that number two row. I think there is um, something to having a guy like Rico, having a hungry player or players like Rico, like Malik, and Deuce is obviously a rookie, so he's got a ton to prove as well. But I think it's something, it's something to that. Like Rico and Malik and these guys, they aren't void of talent. Right? Are they special? No, but they aren't void of talent. You don't need to be special to be a productive back in this league. I mean, on the surface. It looks concerning because these guys are unproven in a way. 
these guys haven't done a lot. But, I mean, how many times have we seen running backs, you know, just come out of nowhere and, and be productive and then eventually end up having productive, you know, careers as backups? Just I'm just talking backup guys, right? The, the Dante Foremans, Isaiah Pacheco, Raheem Mozart, Jeff Wilson, the cat from the Bears, Herbert. And these are young. Some of these guys are young. Hubbard, Elijah Mitchell, like these, these aren't first round picks, not second round picks. Some of these guys had to fight, claw, and scratch to get on the roster. Some of these guys didn't even get a chance early on in their career. And a lot of these guys have talent. Are they special? Nah. But you put them in the right circumstance and you give them an opportunity, they can produce for you. I 100%, man, maybe we call it hopium, we call it optimism, whatever. But I am not as concerned as most are with the running back room because it's Number one, it's a running back room. Here's where the concern may come in. How was the pass protection, right? Because that's something that he talked about. Hey, man, Zeke took pride in that. Zeke was good at that. He is standing out as the pass protector, and you and you love to hear that. And this is no guy that's going to run away from the contact. He ain't a little dude. You know, he goes over 200 pounds at, what, roughly 5'11 or something like that. So, you know, there there's talent there. There's there's a chip on the shoulder. There's a one-two there. And not just from him, but from Malik and from Deuce. And that leads me to what I believe is going to happen here. I've, I've seen enough, heard enough, that I truly do believe the Cowboys are going to carry four running backs. Now, y'all heard me say before about if Rico's going to be number two, I think we need to carry four because of the injury situation. But I think it's now going beyond that. I just truly believe they they want to carry all these backs. But how the hell do they make that happen? When was the last time the Cowboys truly carried four running backs? Hmm? That made me go into the into the tank and, and, and take a look. The last time the Cowboys why you take so much truly carried four um, running always- backs. Come on, Rico. There we go. There's a couple of them. The last time he actually carried four running backs, 2016. But that's an asterisk because, yeah, they had Darren McFadden out for Morris, Lance, Dunbar, and Zeke. But Darren McFadden didn't get a chance to really play until December because he injured his elbow. And they decided not to activate him because, obviously, they didn't need him. Uh, However, if we go back even further, the the true last time that the Cowboys carried four running backs and they played a lot because that's the other aspect of this, right? And they, and they played majority of the time was 2013. Now, let's just let's just go all the way back. So 2016, you had four, but you had four in the sense of an asterisk, right? In 2015, if y'all remember this horrific year when Tony Romo got hurt, uh, Darren McFadden, this was the uh, stealing, wheeling, draws. You know, this was Joe Randall, that situation. Joseph Randall, Darren McFadden, but we also forget they brought in Christine Michael. I remember that whole situation. They had Lance Dunbar. So they they had four or five backs that year. I think it was like five backs. But that was a that was due to the Randall situation, trying to figure out what's going on. In 2014, they just had three guys. They had that was the DeMarco Murray year, Lance Dunbar, uh Joe Randall. But they had Tyler Klutz. They had the fullback situation. So I'm not really counting the fullback here. I don't think we're going to carry a, a true fullback on this roster. 2013 and 2012. Those were the last two times. And shout out to my guy, Philip Tanner. Philip Tanner was the, the guy holding down that third string route in 2012 and 2013. But in, in 2013, they had four backs led by DeMarco Murray. And in 2012, 
they have four backs that played 10 or more games. 2013, they had four backs that played nine or more games. And in 2012, it was Murray. It was Felix Jones splitting carries with a plethora of other guys behind him. So we're talking about going back about a decade to a time where the Cowboys had four actual backs on this roster, not Rod Smith, right? I'm not counting. Rod Smith was a fullback. He got some carries. He converted guy. Keith Smith, fullback. Uh, Tyler Clutch, fullback. I'm talking about four halfbacks on this roster that played and, and not played like, oh, he got called up because it was an injury. But these guys played 9, 10, 11, 12 games. They were getting that action. Got to go back a decade. And I think the Cowboys are going to do that this year. I, I think because for the first time since you know, 2016, right? They, they're not really running a one-two punch. I don't see it. I think what they're going to do is they're going to be Tony Pollard. And then you're going to have, I, right this second, I think it'll be Rico. I think Rico will, will be your number two because they they trust him in pass pro. He, I think he runs just as well, just as hard. I don't think there's some talent discrepancy between Malik and Rico. The difference is Malik actually has film against guys, right? Playing last year, and he did well. So if they roll with Malik, you shouldn't be upset about that either. But I think it will be Rico at this point. And then I think uh, it'll be Malik Davis as your RB3. And then rounding out that group will be Deuce Vaughn. But here's the thing. I think Deuce Vaughn is actually going to have packages. I-, I think Deuce Vaughn, you might hear RB4. Whoa. Oh. Talking about Deuce Vaughn got time. Deuce Vaughn going to play. I agree. I think he will. I think you'll have packages. I think you'll see him activated on game day because of what he can present from a skill set. Uh, but that doesn't mean they won't carry four because of it, especially since you're running a stable now as opposed to a one-two punch, thunder, lightning, dynamic duo, whatever you want to call it. They had that. They didn't really need to carry four before uh, because they had Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. You don't got that anymore. Uh, Mike McCarthy is 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 used to this. Mike McCarthy has carried a bunch of backs before and run a running back by committee. It's not new to he's not new to this. He's true to this, right? So I'm ready to make that prediction. The Cowboys will carry four true running backs for the first time since 2000 and we'll call it 13. I'm not going to go back to 16 because they they put Darren McFadden on the the injured reserve and, and whatnot. So he really didn't get back. So since, since 2013, this will be the first time they'll carry legitimately four halfbacks that has the potential to suit up on game day. Truly do believe that Cowboys. Truly do. All right. We'll take a couple calls again. If you want to call in it's three, five, one, nine, 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 three, seven, eight, seven. And then um, we'll get into some practice notes from yesterday. As these guys continue to battle out there back and forth. It's, it's a beautiful thing. This, 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 I said this the other day, actually it was a thumbnail. I said, is this the most competitive training camp that, We've seen. Got to remember, we came from cup, Camp Cupcake, you know, in the late 2000s, in the early, what was it, late 2000s, right? And then we went into more kind of rigorous camps. And then it kind of chilled out. Right now, I think we're seeing a crazy competitive camp, but we'll get into the camp notes from .com in a second. But let's take a phone call here. 801, what it is, what it do? What's up, Sky? How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Bro, did you catch that uh, pivot interview with Michael Parsons yesterday? <laughs> Time out. Because number one, that's funny from Vach's show. But number two, he legitimately did a, a pivot interview that was fire. So I caught some of it, yeah. Oh, man. 
That guy has me wanting to run through a brick wall. I think Micah is just on another level. The way he was talking to RC about, like, his mindset and stuff, like, just his attitude with camp was, like, one of the coolest parts to me was him begging. He said he, like, begs Mike McCarthy and Mike Solari to throw chips, to throw double teams, throw triple teams, because he's like, I got to see what's going to be thrown at me this season. He's like, I want it. He's like, I want to be hit. I want to be... Like, I want to see the situations that supposedly stopped me last year. He's like, because those aren't going to stop me this year. Like, it, if anyone like anyone on the show needs to go listen to that interview, if you have any doubts about who Micah is, because, man, that was one of the coolest interviews I think I've ever heard. Yeah. It, anytime Micah speaks in depth, like he sits down with former ballers, or just anybody in general, it is worth the listen. He's just, and I hate to use the cliche, man, but he is, man. He's different. He's different mentally obviously he's different physically but he, he has a different mentality it's, it's a championship mentality and he's he's not afraid to wear it on his chest you know what i'm saying like he don't he don't care yeah. and sometimes you might want to people say put a muzzle on micah but that's what makes micah micah is he's not afraid to speak his mind um and and i love him for that oh absolutely the way he talks about the eagles is hilarious in that interview too um uh, so but yeah just Super cool interview. Uh, going along the running backs conversation, sure. though, I just like I I know all these guys got talent, but I, I'll be honest, like it matters about how well the five up front block and that how is... we can actually like provide these guys lanes. Like it, it, we can have all the talent in the world, but if we can't put together a competent run scheme with those five up front, you know, if, if Zach continues to hold out, if you know Tyron goes down, have forbid, if Tyler goes down, like it's it's uh, it's scary business, and I would love for them to get a little bit more proven depth. I don't I don't understand the whole like let's keep trying Josh Ball, let's keep trying you know Jags at the you know interior lineman position. Like go out and get some dudes. Like go out and yeah. get people who are veterans who can come in and fit into the scheme. Like I just I think they're playing with fire, and it feels a lot like what they were trying to do with wide receiver last year. Of hey, we got guys like we like some guys here. Let's Let's see what we can do. I, I feel like they're doing the exact same thing, just with the offensive line this year. Yeah, that's the – if there is a – the biggest concern to me on offense is is the offensive line. And the biggest question mark for me that just can't be answered right now until maybe preseason or or, tra- or uh, season is what are we doing to combat the deficiencies in, in the offensive line? So is, is there a schematic change that's going to happen that's going to help? And we've heard that there is they're, they're changing how they do their outside zone, and it sounds like they're tweaking their inside zone too. So, you know, we talked about this over the years. If you do have a deficiency on the O-line, you have to help them out schematically. I saw teams like Washington do this a lot, and, and they had some success. And you see – I'm not saying the Niners had deficiencies on the O-line, but they didn't have five pro bowlers. But you see their scheme work that way, and it goes back to all the Shanahans, right? Like the Shanahans don't need five pro bowlers across the line because they were able to attack it differently schematically. And you can put different running backs behind it. So I'm more so worried about can we block it and can we scheme it than the actual running back? Because I, I just it's just too many running backs in this league that aren't superstars. By the way, you got one. You know, I think we're forgetting yeah. Tony Pollard is a is an absolute stud, but you know, we're we're concerned about behind him. But there's too many backups and rb2s and threes that step in and produce you know but we're so used to having oh, zeke yeah. and tp that i think there's this angst of oh my god we don't got two guys anymore 
I'm, I'm so nervous about what happens if this guy goes down. And that's fair. You know, if you lose one of your best players, there is a nervousness to it. Um, but if, if you don't, though, what if Tony Pollard plays all the games like he usually does, then I don't think it's that big of a deal. I honestly don't think it's that big of a deal in general, and I'll explain more if I need to. Because, again, running backs in this league tend to be able to be the easiest to replace when it comes to uh, replacement level players. It just is, man. It's more so about the scheme and, and the blocking up front if your backup running backs are having production. If none of those things are, are good, then TP is probably your best bet because he'll make things happen at the line of scrimmage whether it's blocked up or not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Honestly, my expectations for the season as it relates to these running backs is if they can do nothing else but keep the safeties honest and keep some people playing down the box and open up more for the passing game um, for these touchdown checkdown routes, uh, that's that's what I want to see. Like, I just want to sure. see them have to respect the run game so that we can get stuff going in the pass game, too. If, sure. if that can happen, I'm going to be perfectly happy. Anything on top of that, icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll marry with each other, man. Hey, appreciate the call, man. Yep. Thanks, guy. Salute. Shout out to my, to my man, Twan. So, Twan is one of the biggest Zeke advocates here, and he says, it sounded like wide receiver by committee fans were screaming for a few years back. I don't know who was screaming for that. I don't know if you, if you misremember here. Most of the nation was upset when that whole wide receiver by committee went down because we weren't blind. Like, you have a second-year, two-year quarterback. They're getting rid of the best receiver. Who, yeah, I get it. He was on the downside, and you didn't replace him. You know what I'm saying? You didn't upgrade the room. You downgraded the room knowing that you have a quarterback who's developing. There was an issue with wide receiver by committee, not only wide receiver by committee, but you also did the same thing at tight end. I digress. That's not the case here, number one. Number two, name me a time where wide receiver by committee works, meaning you don't have one legitimate wide out to threaten the defense and it's just worked all these times i wish to say one because it might have worked one time but name me all these times like like just maybe tom brady might be the outlier but in general right over the last 15 20 years all these times these offenses have just been so potent with wide receiver by committee there ain't many i can list off team after team after team with running back by committee that has been tried and true and proven wide receiver by committee not so much wide receiver by committee you are going to need one or two things an alien at at quarterback or a savant as an offensive coordinator you don't need any of that for running back by committee running back by committee has worked that has been proven to work so that's the only reason why i'm saying i don't think there should be a panic now, where's the concern, though, Scott? Because not everything is perfect, right? The concern comes in who can who can fill the void of pass protection. And that's why I wanted to point out Rico Dowdle. Because if Rico Dowdle can do that, and if Malik can come along, because Coach also talked about Malik doing that, that will ease that worry for me. But just pure running? Pure running the rock. Bro, Tony Pollard, Malik Davis, and Rico Dowdle and Deuce Vaughn can run the rock. Let's not get that twisted. We saw Malik Davis be able to do that, and, and me at least, I don't know how many other people were out there doing it, were screaming to get him more involved before.
before Tony Pollard got injured in the playoff game. When Zeke got banged up, and Zeke was really only efficient in short yarded situations and goal line, that's when Malik Davis should have been getting more totes. I don't want to go back and talk about politics and all that, but maybe that's the reason why. But that's when you should have said, hey, look, let's go ahead and and make sure that we can get Zeke to the playoffs as healthy as possible in case we actually need him like we did in, in the San Francisco game. And let's ease some of these useless carries, honestly, these useless carries, and give them to Malik. Because every time Malik got called up to do it, Malik was fine. So that's 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 why I can't jive with the run the wide receiver by committee comparison, Tuan, because you don't do wide receiver by committee in today's game. Running back by committee has been tried and true for about 20 years now, if we're being completely honest. That's that's all. That's all. And that's fair. Tuan Tuan said you got this year gonna have to show me this be running back room stuff. I'm not used to it. And that's exactly it. That is it right there. We ain't used to it. We're used to Zeke and Tony Pollard for six, five years, whatever, four years. We've been doing this for four years. Zeke, TP. We ain't used to seeing it with our eyes and investing it with our emotions. But it has been done throughout the league. Doesn't mean it's going to, it's not guaranteed to work. I'm not saying it's going to guaranteed to work. I'm just saying running back by committee is not new. It's been successful. And, and let's look, man, these guys got some, they have some talent. I'm with you. I got to see it now. Look, I'm, I got to see these dudes get out there and, and make it happen. But the, the premise of it, I support it. I'm behind it. I get it. That's all. Set it off. Chris, man, what's good with you, brother? What's up, boss? What's up, man? You, you kind of killed that whole point. I think the one thing, you know, um, that your man is missing, and I think what you've explained so eloquently for us, man, is that when we were doing wide receiver by committee, we didn't have a guy. You know, we had, like, Michael Gallup and then Tavon Austin and then Katz, you would think. And last year was even worse because you had a hurt Michael Gallup. You know, you didn't have a guy who had kind of emerged as being a guy. CD was in his, you know, was in his bag and he was getting into his, his thing, but now we know he's a guy. You've got a guy. You know, no matter how we liked it or didn't like it, Tony Pollard is that guy, and he's been that guy for a couple of years. I think Malik showed you last year, especially in that Green Bay game, and had you played Malik more in that Jacksonville game, you probably had a different kind of layout for the playoffs going forward. So I, I think for, um, what they're doing by running back by committee, well, just or just having a, a, a stable of backs stable, really yeah. works. Um, so, yeah, it's not a committee. It's a stable, man. Have a stable of guys who can run the rock, man, and, and do their thing. But more importantly, man, I think we're so much focused on the running backs, and I'm just so much com- concerned about this interior offensive line. That's it my doesn't biggest matter concern, what is Chris. If the old line can't block it, man, it, that, that's, it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, man. I mean, if, if, if they can't block up front, if you don't have those guys in that interior, man, to do their thing, man, it's going to be – an issue, no matter what, man. I don't care who's hey, right. I, I truly believe hey, the experiment with Joe Looney, yeah, uh, Joe Looney, and then Connor Williams really, in my opinion, probably took a year off of Zeke's career just getting hit over and over, trying to stay committed to running the ball. And I know people will say, "Oh no, yeah, J- Joe was serviceable," but I thought he was a downgrade to me. 
Not, and that's just me. And that's just me being, you know, trying to be. Oh yeah, Joe Looney. Joe Looney. Yeah, man, oh, Joe, Joe Looney was Looney, absolutely Joe terrible. Looney. Oh yeah, 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 he was. He was a yeah, downgrade. Yeah. I, hey. Hey, the offense, the look, the offense managed to be manageable, but yeah, Joe Looney was one hundred percent a crazy downgrade for sure. Yeah, yeah, right, right, and and that's and that's you know that's being said coming from you know uh, Travis Frederick, but with him and Ricky Connor Williams not being strong enough, I really believe that those two guys help age each into a year less of being as productive as he possibly could be. So the interior offensive line is definitely important. And we can go forward from there. But yo, man, just good to holler from you, holler at you, man. Listen, uh, the, the yearly bottle is on the way. Plus, the computer fund is definitely on the way. I'm kind of back in the game, man. Uh, getting it. through with everything with uh, with Keelan and uh, getting that squared away, man. And uh, super excited about that as well. Hey, man, proud of you. Proud of your buck. Uh, good, good luck. You know, for the year with his, you know, season coming up. And uh, excited to follow along because you always keep me up to date, bro. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. I'll definitely keep you in the mix, man. Listen, man, love y'all as always, man. Cowboy Nation, man, stand up, bro. Hey, listen, next day, tomorrow, when you talk to Patrick, man, you know, I know we won't get to call in or say anything, man, but I just love how that dude just, you know, served those dudes up so so, so smooth on, you know, on, on Twitter <laughs> on social media. yesterday, man. Hey, I mean, bro, was, Pat, don't hold back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man, and man, 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 Pat, 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 Pat shoots for, shoots for us, man. Yes, he does. Shoots the man. Pat, yeah. shoot. Shoot the shots that need to be shot, man. And he does it so smooth, man. And I'm going to get back and listen, man. I'll talk to you all here, man. Great talking to you again, brother. Salute always, bro. Twan, Twan said something to me on Twitter yesterday. It, it, and I feel you, bro, because I'm still working on this, Twan. It's like, man, I don't know how y'all do it. You know, people say crazy things. Pat, though, Pat, I tell people like, yo, look, you, look, you say whatever you want to say to people on the internet. It's the internet. But he's the, he's not going to be the one that's going to take the high road. He's definitely going to match your energy. Me personally, I have to ignore people or whatnot because because like I told you, Twan, there's there's stuff that y'all don't really see in the DMs or or the the ats or whatever. It gets wild. There was one dude on there, man, and and Dave, shout out to Dave again. He he met this with I don't know how he did that, but he 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 posted a. A remembrance of one of his friends that passed away, and a guy went under there and was and said some old ignorant stuff about, you know, you this 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 and that because Dak, right? And that would have I lost it, you know, I would have lost. It. And I still sometimes y'all see how I get uh, we we'll tussle, you know what I mean? We'll tussle in the chat and on the phone lines, man. At the end of the day, if you're respectful in that manner, it's all love. But if you're disrespectful like that character, then I gotta block you or mute you because I, I I can't have that type of energy. I can't have that type of energy festering, whether it be within my show or within, you know, on social media. People are people are wild, man. People get super, super, super disrespectful, you know, and you you just got to either ignore it or meet it with grace and hope they meet you back. But it's tough, bro. Yeah, facts. Look, Tuck in the building said block button. That's what I've learned over the last couple of years as this platform has grown is you just you can't allow that type of energy to and this is in life in general man if you have the ability to block somebody in real life if they're providing you nothing but but toxic energy do it do it and see and i did it as a personal conversation i have with Vox. i did this before with something else in my life and boy it felt like i was 10 pounds lighter just why not do this before but anyway man i don't mean to derail the show but boy it, it, people get wild on these socials wow you hear me 
wild in these comments. It gets wild, man. Anyway, my guy set it off. Chris brought up the uh, the PC fund. I'm going to pin this right now because I want to let y'all know about what's happening. Your funds, your super chats that you guys have been doing uh, for about a week now and moving forward will be put towards the new PC fund. And it should all be squared away by next week. So I just want to say shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to community. Lethal, thank you. Drummer Cam, and I'm mentioning Lethal because she tweeted something on Twitter to help out. Uh, Drummer Cam, we were talking for a while. He was helping me figure out what I needed. Uh, There was another gentleman. I forget your name. My apologies. I also reached out a couple, actually. Uh, Chris did. Thank you guys for for the donation and support. Um, It it is is helping. It's working. We should have this thing rolling by next week. And uh, with that comes even more, even even better production, even better shows uh, moving forward. And I'm excited for it because we'll have that before the season. So, now we're talking about taking this thing to a whole different... Oh, I'm excited. If, y- if y'all know me, I spend hours and hours trying to make this thing look and feel and be better. Now it's going to be dozens and dozens of hours trying to make it look this thing feel better because when you get that new toy, man, you got to drive it. So I appreciate y'all. Uh, thank you so much. All right. Uh, we got a lot of callers. We could, we could stick to this before we get to the practice points. We might not even get to the practice points, but... Let's keep it moving, man. Let's get the original OG. B Bird in the building. What's good? Not much, guy. How you been doing, man? Man, I've been I've been great. I'm excited. We got preseason football coming up. Training camp has been a battle. I'm loving everything right now out of Dallas. Yeah, I hadn't probably felt this good about a year, uh, going into a year, man, just with what we've done in the offseason in quite a long time. And I think we've uh finally something that me and you want to do is uh build a team, not just through the draft, but go get key free agents. They did that. And I think it's going to pay dividends. But one of the things I was going to tell you is um, running back by committee, man, I, I, I actually love all the guys that we – I just don't see why some people are saying that's the main problem or their main concern. When we have Tony Pollard, we have the lead back. We have, I think, capable and talented guys. But this is the, the way the league is going, man. And so uh, I know that Zeke, we used to seeing this, this number one draft you know, high draft pick there at running back uh, whenever we've been successful. But, you know, if you really look at it, I think it's just more fear of because of, of, we've never done it that way before. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, and one of the other things, too, is uh, I've always accused the Joneses of uh, making emotional decisions. And to keep Zeke would have been an emotional decision, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, so I think that just going into this direction uh, with these new young guys don't have a lot of miles on their tires, I think it's a good thing. I, I I agree, man. And that's, I think there's something. You tell me if there's something to this, uh, B-Bird. Having guys that are hungry, right, that that have something. Like, Rico probably has the biggest chip on his shoulder in that room. Because, you know, in 2020, we got to remember, he made the team in 2020. 2021, he, or, or he would have made the team if he didn't get hurt in preseason. 2022, he made the team again, but got hurt, and he never really got a chance to kind of prove himself as a running back. But he he decided to prove himself from a special team standpoint. So I think he's looking at this, and he said it, B. Bird. He said this is a major opportunity. That man hungry, bro, and he's out there running like it. Malik Davis, same thing. He's he's hungry. He's upset. He didn't get a chance to play in that in that Niners game. Deuce Vaughn is always going to have a chip on his shoulder. The chip might fall off because it's right by the ground, but no, nonetheless, he got a chip on his shoulder. So these dudes being hungry like this, man, 
I, I love it, honestly. I'm not saying that Zeke wasn't hungry, but look, man, he had a ton of, of mileage. It is what it is. And if they brought him back, it wouldn't be in the same role. But I do think it's fair to at least let's see what these young bucks can do in the preseason uh, before we start revisiting anywhere else. Yeah, and I, and I tell everyone this. Uh, someone was wondering why we didn't uh, you know, go to Zeke with a, with a different contract offer or just offer him something you know, lower or whatever. But you got to realize this, and think about it this way: you know, if if you go to him with an offer, he's still going to think he's worth as much as uh, you know somewhere where he was before. And so he has to go and see the market first, and then he come back. And now it's not whatever the Cowboys offer him is not an insult because that's similar to what everybody else around the league. If you don't give him that opportunity, he's going to get insulted by the offer of the, of the Dallas Cowboys. So yeah. I think that they played this thing the right way. Hey Zeke, go see what you so see what you can get out there, see what everybody else offering. He's kind of been seeing it, and so now when the Cowboys come and offer maybe three million dollars, if they come back with him, now it's not embarrassing, now it's not insulting. Fair. It's just what the market bears, and now you don't have this dissension in there with him being upset about it. Um, That's a good point. That's a good point, B. I never thought about it that way. But yeah, that, that you have to do that because if not, man, this dude's gonna be pissed. I, I don't get to talk to you too often because I'm working a lot. Can I ask you a question that kind of? It's kind of off subject here a little bit. Sure. I had um I had uh, so when we found Malik Hooker. Um, I wasn't that thrilled to be totally honest with you. And okay. I I try to lean on people like you and other people that watch film more. The reason why is because last year our right cornerback, whether it's been Brown or whoever, uh, Kelvin Joseph or whoever, they got they got beat pretty bad like uh, deep. But one of the things I think that was underrated on that was. We should have had a safety over there a lot of those times. We didn't have safety making plays over there. And I kind of, to my mind, I've seen Malik Hooker, Hooker coming in late on plays over there, which they didn't get the they didn't get the, the negative, you know, press from it. He didn't oh, get the negative press here. from it. But, yeah, and I thought so. And, and, and so when they, they – and, and so everybody was, like, you know, applauding the move. I was like, wait a minute, ain't that the guy that wasn't over there when our uh, left corner was getting ate up? And so I wasn't that thrilled about that. And maybe it's something that I'm not seeing. Uh, maybe it's overall play. I'm just maybe, uh, you know, just seeing the big plays that he's missing. So maybe you can make me feel better about that. That's, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the reasoning for me was schematic-wise. We kept asking for weeks was why isn't Dan Quinn leaning the safety that way? Stop. Just, just flat out put yeah. him over top, right? <sighs> And instead, yeah, we played yeah. a lot of single high, and and that's a different responsibility, right? Now you got to deal with Correct. both sides Correct. of the field, and if and if a if a team attacks you that way, you got to make that decision, and all it takes is one second. So we got to also give credit to the other side of the ball. If a quarterback holds the safety for one split second, that's all it takes. I would have preferred we went a different route and and put a safety flat out over top of those corners to to help and say, damn it, you're not going to beat me with cornerback two. You better try the other dude. Now, obviously, that opens Correct. up other weaknesses now, right? Now that opens up, hey, you're predictable. We know what you're going to do. So I think what happened was Dan was like, look, we're just going to live with this beating. We're just going to live with this beating, not die because we're going to the playoffs. And once we get to the playoffs, things will be different. What happened in the playoffs? How many of those big shots did you see? Yeah, I didn't see him. You know, because I think he switched things up, you know. So th- oh, I mean, okay. it was definitely something we talked about here. And I, me and Vasha also talked about it, too. In fact, I was like, hey, Dan. I was looking at Dan like, bro, what's, what's good? You clearly have a deficiency yeah. at cornerback too, but you're not helping him with Malik. 
or J. Ron, whoever the hell you got back back there. It wasn't making sense to me. So I don't think this was this was about Malik. I, I think it was more about what Dan Quinn wanted to do schematically. I think Malik has proven oh, okay. to me he's been consistent as an overall safety. I mean, he still has the IQ. He was second on your team in interceptions last year. And then there's plays, uh, B-Bird, that I talk about before, and I get really spirited about safety because there's plays the safety takes away that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. And Malik yeah. has done that more often than giving up plays. But but I, I get where if a play is – if he gives up a play, which – He's not really giving up these plays. He might come in the picture later, whatnot. But there's way more plays where Malik is like, nah, nah. You're going to have to check that down. Or you have to, you're going to have to go opposite side. And those plays don't show up on the stat sheet. What does show up, though, is he's a fantastic tackler. He's an, a, a crazy yeah. leader. He still, in my opinion, has a sideline-to-sideline side athletic ability. And he's way more versatile than he was years ago. So I am thrilled about keeping him because if you think about it for a second here, B-Bird, you don't have another true free safety on this roster that they're putting back there. I don't think so. I think you look at a, a guy like uh, Mukwamu as a, a guy who moves around as opposed to free. I wanted him to be the future, but Mukwamu's probably going to do a lot of moving around. So my last thing, Scott, and I'm going to answer this. I'll hang up at that question. So I know we, the wide receivers have been talking about how simpler it is uh as far as route running and, you know, they're clearing their minds as far as just being able to go out there and play. If I do – I'm trying to figure out here – this is the question I'm asking. And, and are we going to – do you think we're going to go too simple to where we start to become predictable? That's what I'm trying to say. So, I still want – you know, I still want the defense to not be tipped off to what we're doing, um, you know, when we go to the line of scrimmage or, you know, after the play. I want them to have to, you know – you know, in basketball, I don't want them to, you know, be able to force us left. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just don't – do you see any of that? Or have you seen any of that in uh, watching uh, camp or, you know, the, I, I just know. don't want to be where we're too simple to where as we're easy to figure out. I'm going to hang up, man, and I'm going to get off there. All right, man. All right. Great question, B. Bert. Well, predictability is more about tendency. So we won't know if, if, if we're predictable until we see – what our tendencies are and how often Mike McCarthy goes to those tendencies. Now, from a simplicity standpoint, what I'm seeing, we, we have a lot more, I, I don't want to use the word complex, but advantageous pass game concepts. We're doing things that, hell, even if you think you got a, a hat on it, there's a variation from it that we can play off of you. So now we don't beat you upside the head with this play. Boom, a sluggo just right behind you. Just when you think I'm going to run a, 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 a right into the flat, I run the wheel. We got a bunch of uh, rub routes in this system, so I don't want to. I don't want people to think just because the the system's changing. And a lot, I know the buzzword is dumbing down because it, a lot of the receivers are saying, "Hey, it's it's not as complex as it was," etc. I had a conversation with Boss the other day, and it's it's not necessarily it's not necessarily that we're dumbing down the system. I think we're just making it easier for these guys to get to play faster. And when you're playing faster, you're playing better. Uh, it, it, it doesn't need to be trigonometry as me and boss were talking about. That's what Dak was doing. And that's what these receivers were in. But now we're, we're doing algebra. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not concerned about the simplicity. Cause I do think there will be creativeness in it. I'm seeing 
We're look. I know. I said this on Twitter. I know McCarthy is thrilled to have a quarterback who is okay with motion, pre-snap motion. Favre wasn't a fan of it. Uh, uh, Rodgers wasn't a fan of it. They did some of it early on in Rodgers' career, and then once Rodgers became Rodgers, they kind of nixed it because it was Rodgers, right? But we're seeing that. We're seeing Kevontae Turpin doing some motion. We're seeing Brandon Cooks doing motion. Motion with a purpose, not just motion or motion a guy over just to see what we're in, but motion a guy over to gain leverage. Motion a guy open to get somebody else open, right? So I think there will still be some creativeness within the, the concepts. There will probably be creativeness within the run game. We're, we're hearing there's going to be different outside zone variations and, and inside zone variations than we've seen in the past. So I don't worry about the simplicity. I don't I don't think we'll just be an ABC offense. The predictable part is, is TBD. We won't be ABC. Simplicity. But predictability is TBD. We have to see how often we're doing these things, how predictable we are with them, and if other teams are understanding that because that was the problem. There, there was... There were creative plays within uh, Kellen's scheme. He had a ton of them. It was the the tendencies. Teams knew. And you had no varia- different variations from them. How many variations of, of the hook did we see? You didn't see them. It was all verts, all hooks, a lot of the times when things got tight. You know? How many screens did you see? How many draws? How many RPOs? You know, so there wasn't a whole bunch of things built off the top of that. So teams, Devin White, <laughs> that aren't stupid, they can pick up on these tendencies very easily. Oh, third and four, second and, and eight. This is how y'all lined up? Dalton Schultz. You know, so they have to work on not being predictable from a tendency standpoint. That's something we just will not know. Until the season starts. All right, let's get some more up in here, man. We got my writing brother on the horn. What's good, man? Hey, good morning. God bless you and your family and your short as always and your brother, boss, and body and his family. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I like I like no more reverse. Oh, okay. uh, I um, if I wanted to say yeah, the offense. I like the new offensive system because sure. it's like they think faster. And it seems like they really made it more simple for the receivers to understand what they're doing. I think Callum, he was trying to do too much with the system. But other than that, you know, they look good. Like I said yesterday, let's just see what happens. What do you think? About about what exactly? The offense? Uh, well, what do you Yeah, about the offense? Oh, again, I'm, I'm excited, but I might be different. I'm excited because there's a lot of unknown there's known from a talent standpoint, but there is an unknown from a schematic standpoint, but we're starting to see it. So now my excitement continues to grow. So, you know, I'm excited about the offense. I think you got the horses that you just needed. I, my opinion, you needed some coaching to kind of help with that because if you look at some of these top offenses, you know, they, they get the aided by scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when, um, with McCarthy, he's going to take our playmakers and put them in a position to really get plays. You know what I'm saying? Because I think Kellen Moore, like remember last year when we, when we seen Turpin after the preseason game, we were saying that he could be some, some, something that we can use in certain situations. 
and it seemed like Kellen Moore didn't know how to use him. I think with um with McCarthy, he's going to put him in position. I just think he's going to get the playmakers the ball in a situation that they got to get the ball in. Yeah, yeah so Ex- that's but anyway, my put. brother, that's always. Go ahead, go ahead. So what no, you gonna say? No, perfectly put. Go ahead. No, that you know, but I just think so, and I think our defense is looking really, really sharp. And people talk about, oh, Dak Prescott throws his interceptions in practice. People, this is practice. This is what you're supposed to do. Work on what you need to work on, and and when it comes to the game, you know, if it works, you use it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, people in Cowboy Nation, we always want to down our players when our players are doing a good job. We got a good team. I really think this could be the year. I really think so. I think if we get Zach Martin, give him his money, Get that line together because this year you see a lot of difference. I mean, like the practice, the the attitude in the practice, you you see it different. Nobody seems like they they thinking. Everybody's playing fast to the ball, the defensive side, the offensive side. And I think um, Heiko McCarthy got what it takes. He already won a Super Bowl. It's not like he never been down that road before. Indeed, man. Appreciate it. So let's see what happens. All right, you you have a good one, and God bless you and your family, like always. Yes, sir. Appreciate my guy, man. God bless you and your family as well. Let's get to some of these practice notes uh, from .com. Let me see here. Bam. Boom. There we go. Uh, this is on .com. Then we'll finish up with the phone lines. We talked about Mozzie. We talked about Tyler. Let's get down to the, the actual on the field. Uh, so this one. Dak Prescott was mostly having his way against the secondary for much of practice, but Trayvon Diggs was clearly fed up. And, and his play showed it. Diggs grabbed two interceptions on the afternoon against Dak and nearly reeled in the third one in the end zone. Nice little bobble there, but is, is, he could have caught it. Joining Prescott as a two who stole the show on Tuesday. Uh, Prescott also getting the best of Diggs when Michael Gallup beat him on a release for a deep touchdown down the sideline. So a, a couple of notes there. Yeah, Diggs went Diggs yesterday, right? Multiple interceptions, great coverage. Also gave up some 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 touchdowns. I played some of the practice stuff from yesterday. Cooks got him. Gallup got him. And that's kind of where I want to go at with, with Gallup. I think we're seeing stacking good days. Michael Gallup stacked these good days now. This is about the third day in a row we're seeing Gallup kind of get his feet up under him. I've seen him kind of at the top of his routes look more comfortable and better. At the line of scrimmage on his release. I mean, you saw what he did to, to Diggs looking better. The contested catch, I don't worry about with that. I don't worry about Michael Gallup with that. It's it's more so getting off the LOS, getting out of your breaks at the top of your routes, and do you got that mini second gear? He, he low-key has a second gear. It ain't crazy. But can you hit that gear? So we want to see Michael Gallup continue to stack these good days, which it sounds like he's doing. But yesterday, a back-and-forth battle between Dak and Diggs, where two days ago was mostly focused on run. Yesterday, it seemed to be heavy on the pass. Next one, uh, business is beginning to pick up for Luke Schoolmaker. The rookie second round pick was active on Monday, activated on Monday from the NFI list and participated in some teamwork on Tuesday for the first time in camp. He go on to grab his first camp touchdown on the end zone toss, end zone toss from Cooper Rush. Expect a slightly heavier workload on Thursday when padded practices begin to resume. So if he's slowly being worked in like this, I don't really expect him to play Saturday. He'll be totally wrong. Maybe he goes full throttle for uh, Thursday and he plays Saturday. But it's good to see him kind of getting worked back in to these team drills and whatnot uh, because you're, you're going to need your second-round pick to play. 
You don't want to rush him, but you're going to need him to play. And Cooper Rush tossed the touchdown pass. Let's talk about Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush was dialing it up today as he let his big arm, which is interesting, uh, big arm show downfield and showed a little more risk-taking than what we've been accustomed to seeing from him in the past. Rush placed a beautiful downfield ball to David Durden, and it was, who made a leaping grab for a touchdown before later in practice, uh, or later in practice placing a beautiful downfield pass in the bread basket to Dennis Houston, and it was for a long game. Uh, The consistency also showed in the short to intermediate throughout practice as Rush tries to separate himself as QB2. Coming from Nick, I don't even think he's trying. I think he is QB2. But I do want to give some love to Cooper Rush in this camp. Uh, I think Eric Scott got him yesterday on a pick or whatever, but that, that again, is, is practice. For the most part, with these backups, he's connecting with them and he's in sync with them and, and he's looking he's looking good. So I know a lot of people aren't going to say this, and I think there was a quarterback room ranking where Dallas is way down. I don't know how you could put Dallas way down. I, I mean, Dak is Dak, top 10 quarterback. And Coop, over the last two years, has come in and been able to keep the ship afloat from a winning standpoint. So I think Dallas should be a bit higher in the quarterback rankings when it comes to the room. And here's what I think is happening. Between, it's not just Dak and the starting receivers that are going to benefit from this scheme tweak. It's Cooper Rush and the backups as well. And I said this the other day, this should, use the word should, this should translate to preseason where the last three years, I'm sorry, you couldn't get nothing. You couldn't gauge a damn thing between the quarterbacks or the wide receivers because boy, it looked like trash out there. It looked terrible. And Mike McCarthy talked about it. McCarthy said, there's going to be adversity you face that is just not normal for preseason. And you just got to fight through it from a, from the backup standpoint, the quarterback standpoint. And they just couldn't do it, man. It was, it was just the, the scheme didn't allow them to, think the scheme is going to allow Cooper Rush, Will Greer, all these backup receivers to get into a, some some form and rhythm to where we can say, oh, we know Jalen Brooks is looking well, but Jalen Brooks, right? We say, oh, Kevontae Turpin at receiver. Oh, uh, David Durden, whoever, right? Whatever receiver you want to throw out there. And Cooper Rush is no rookie. Cooper Rush has been around. He's he's played, started six games, I think it is, for the Cowboys. Won five of them. He's been with this team, this group of people. So, I don't think he's going to again, it's early. He can go out there and have a terrible game on Saturday. But I don't think he's going to struggle in preseason. I think you're going to see him and his and these backups connect. I do. He's having a strong camp, so I think we should give him some props. And then finally, uh, speaking of Dennis Houston, it was a strong outing for the second year wideout out of Western Illinois as he made physical uh, as he made physical athletic grabs downfield on a variety of different defensive backs. Uh, it's a crowded receiver room in the depth of the position. And while one solid day won't have the move the needle much, it does leave a lot of confidence in him going into the preseason debut on Saturday night. So shout out to Dennis Houston. Dennis Houston is not going to be wide receiver two or three this year, folks. Probably not going to make the team. But nonetheless, you, you want to see these guys, again, gain that momentum, play well, because you're going to have a loaded practice squad. So the David Durdens, the Dennis Houstons, probably the, the, the Jalen Moreno croppers, like these guys are, are fighting for the practice squad or an opportunity to play elsewhere. So Saturday is going to be important. We're going to have a lot of guys to watch for Friday when we do our show. But those are some of the practice notes out there at camp coming from dot com. 
All right, let's uh get back to the phone lines here. Let's talk to our guy, Marcus. What's good, Marcus? Hey, Scott. What's good, man? Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, man. Hey, uh, you know, I don't want to. Again, I'm I'm not the uh, I'm not the fire alarm guy. I'm kind of wanting to be a little a little more patient with the uh, offensive line situation. Sure. They struggling, of course, but you know a lot of that has to do with who they're going up against. We we talk about iron sharpening iron. Uh, uh, most of the league is, is is probably doesn't have the ideal situation with their offensive lines anyway. But you talk about good offensive line play is kind of hard to find, and so it does fall back on the coaching and the scheme to to compensate for for whatever it is you don't have in talent. So that's what I'm hoping that I'll see. But I, I do think we kind of. Or forgetting that those guys are going up against you know one of the best defensive lines in the league, and all ones and all ones and twos on the defensive line, they should be whipping the the, the Matt Farniocks and the and the Josh Ball. They should be whipping those guys. Uh, you kind of don't want to see them whipping them all the time. You kind of want to see a little bit of you know something happening competitive from the offensive line. But but that's kind of why again I'm not I'm not rushing to. They hit the panic button yet? Yeah, I do think they need to pick up a veteran or two somewhere, just just to get some you know some people that have some you know some skins on I the mean, wall and, and can yeah, probably be. Yeah. To, to be fair, Marcus, the panic button really should be hit if there's injuries. That that's when you hit uh-huh. the panic button because I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I I don't have belief in in the interior depth. But as we speak right now, let's say <laughs> Zach Martin comes back, Tyron, uh-huh. Tyler, Tyler, Zach, and Terrence. Yeah, I'm. I ain't panicking yeah. about that yeah, offensive yeah. line. You kidding me? I'm I'm feeling great, but it's it's <laughs> if an injury happens, I'm not gonna hold right. you. If, if you suffer multiple injuries or a specific injury, right? Like if your injury is is to to mm-hmm. the left side, now nah, we in trouble, bro. Uh, if it's one guy, right. you know, an interior guy, maybe you can get by with that. But that's where I would hit mm-hmm. the panic button. Hey, I'm not ready to panic, but I I don't think nothing has changed since February. From from the interior yeah. depth situation, like you're still facing the same interior depth questions as you faced uh, six months ago. Right, right, right. Yeah, they they are, they are, and I think again that's why I was always thinking because they didn't draft a, an offensive lineman early that they were really going to mean in their in their sets more to. A, 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 either a two back or maybe a two tight end set to compensate for that. That's what that was my thinking. Even though you know you, the league generally you're supposed to be able to run a little bit better um, out of a one you know eleven personnel set than a you know twelve personnel set, but I, I guess again, man, I, I want to give Mike Solari an opportunity to, to, to jail uh, and and try to you know try to get some guys working together and, and see how it goes there. But I, I'm with you, man. You get some depth on that line uh, as soon as you can. You're talking about the kicking game and. Yeah, that's where you need to start trying to address your line because that's where it's going to start to work. We we we're flashing about the about the way the quarterbacks are playing, the receivers are playing, and we got this new vibe from the running back room. There's going to be a stable of backs and all that. But you're right, man. If they're not if they're not right up on that line, man, and yeah, all of that stuff's not going to happen. So yeah, uh, and, and again, it's smarter it's smarter people than me that's on that. So I, I can I can whine and, and complain about it, but I, I think. Just from what I've seen, you know, the, the past couple of months in this camp, I think they're going to figure it out. Just like I said before, you got competency up there, and you got guys that got their fingers on the pulse of, of the way you play the game uh, in, this, in, this, in this NFL today. So I, they'll figure it out, man. They'll figure it out. 
And y'all remember, man, hey, look, Miley Smith and, and, and uh, you know, Micah and, you know, you know anybody else that's playing up on that defensive line, those guys are pretty good, man. We're not playing about thinking that, that, that this team could get, like, 50, 60 sacks. You know, hey, that, them guys are pretty good up there, man. So if they whipping off second and third string offensive linemen, that's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I never expected the O line to be whooping on this D line anyway. Definitely these guys. So I don't. I don't think the yeah, worry yeah. is that they're not beating you know Micah and Mozzie. I'm saying the right. worry is you're playing in a division that has nasty defensive lines as well. So you're right. Right. You're going to play mm-hmm. six games against fantastic D lines. So right. You got to do mm-hmm. something about it, man. Uh, but appreciate the call, Marcus. Okay, I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot, Scott. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I feel, look, I keep saying this, but you you truly do have one of those teams that can contend for six. Like, truly. I ain't going to fake the funk. You can go back and clock it last year. I said, I, I got to wait. Like, like I said, I got to see this getting rid of Amari Cooper. I wasn't high on Kellen Moore. I didn't think that Dak could really overcome this scheme, the personnel, and Kellen. I said, I got to see it, man. Let's see it. And what happened at the beginning, it looked like we was having one of them one type of defenses. I said, hey, well, maybe. Maybe, but then things got weird again. So I, I, this is different. I think you are in a position better than most years, honestly, to be a final two contender in the NFL, man. And if that's the case, why not shore up depth spots that that may come back to bite you? Right? I'm, you're never going to be perfect across the board. Every team has weaknesses, uh, whether it be starting or whether it be depth. But just for me, I'm like, why not? You, you, you're in a position right now to go for six for real, right? Like to the point where you've got confidence if that goes down, that your backup can hold it down for four or five games. That's huge. Now, your line goes down and that goes down. They throw you back about there. You know, things might get a little weird. But why, why, why take that chance? Why not just say, you know what? We we pretty damn stacked here on this team. Let's let's keep stacking. Um, and you can do it in the season. We saw Philly do it. Philly had a stacked defensive line, suffered some injuries, one out there and signed two other veterans, helped them stay afloat. We've seen it with the Rams. The Rams were like, hey, wait a minute now. We're close here. Let's go get Odell Beckham. Let's go get Von Miller. You know, so maybe it's an in-season acquisition. Maybe it's an after preseason acquisition. But I don't want Dallas to now start sitting on their hands. For the last three years, you've went out at this time in the offseason and said, you identified. You said, hmm, we need more pass rush. Everson Griffin. Hmm. We need more linebacker depth. Not really filling the linebacker depth here. Anthony Barr. Hmm. We need safety. I know we signed KZ, but Torres Achilles. Malik Hooker. Damn sure need a tackle. Jason Peters. I know damn well Jerry Jones is up there in his billion dollar tent thing that they got going on at camp going, hmm, we need some offensive line help. So don't don't sit on your hands now. now we, we are in a position, a position right now this year to truly, in my opinion, do it. That's why I say you, as a Cowboy fan, they have moved in a way that allows you to say it with your chest. All this is our year thing. Let's be real. A lot of the times you just saying that. You know what I'm saying? But this year you can truly feel good about it. I think you've got a, you got a great squad. And I think you have a coaching staff. Now that's important. You got a coaching staff that helps put these guys in position. So keep going for the gusto. 
go sign me some veteran offense. And here's why I don't want to wait. You got to see if that veteran is good. You know, what if that veteran comes in? He sucks. So go get me offensive line help. I ain't sitting on my hands. Uh, five, six, seven. What it is? What it do? And I'm gonna lock these up. What's good? Hello. Yep. Yep. Hello. Yep. You. Hey, on. how you doing, bro? Uh, I just want to let you know, man. I I know watch you grow. Uh, with your show and your channel, I love what you're doing, bro. Uh, Thank you, I just want to say keep doing it because there's people all around the world you don't even know listening that there's rooting for you. But what I want to say, man, I, I've been watching the Cowboys. I'm 37, bro. I've been a fan since I've been Thank like you, six years old. Um, and I want to say throughout the years, this time now, other than the time we had with Romo about 2014 with T.O. and all them, this time now is the time that we really got a shot. And I know the talking points, you know, the, the different scenarios about uh, camp battles and, and you know, all those things are great, but I think we're missing the, the big point. Okay. Um. When you look at the NFC and, let's say, the last two years, we've literally been, let's say, all together five or six plays from at least making it to the NFC Championship. You know, it, last year we missed a couple like of that, interceptions. Right? You can go back, you can go right. back to all the – except for maybe the, 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 the Vikings game yeah. again in 2009. But you can go back to all of our playoff games under Dak and under Tony and be like, man, one to five plays changes everything, though. Right. So, so and, and I said that to say, you know, Kellen Moore and Dak pretty much came in together. And, you know, not taking away from what Kellen was. And, you know, he, he, he seems like he's a very competent offensive coordinator. But experience is, is something to be said about experience. Yes. And a lot of those games that we lost, it wasn't because, you know, uh, of just us not being able to, you know, have the talent to put on the field. Like last year, we, we lost Terrence Steele, and we had to shuffle a few pieces. We did without Dak. We did without Tyron Smith. But somehow, it, when it was all said and done, we were still pretty much in the thick of things. Yeah. And to your point, you know, I was never really high on Kellen Moore, but I think the talent made up for it. The talent made up for the, the experience of, being a seasoned offensive coordinator, to to be a coach, the, the number one key to be a coach, the number one key to being a coach is putting your players in the absolute best position to win and be successful. Yeah. And a couple of those interceptions to, uh, I think, the deck threw on the outside, he should never been in those positions to even have to put the team in that position, you know, Michael Gallup was pretty much a shell of himself, couldn't get separation. So why are you doing, you know, comeback routes and stuff that, you know, it's just – and I, I just think it really boiled down to Kellen Moore not really having that experience. And I think with Mike McCarthy and, and him having a Super Bowl and coaching Aaron Rodgers and what he's been through and really trying to, you know, put himself on that pedestal as a top-notch coach, I think – a lot of times where, you know, Dak want to air the ball out or whatever, he's going to call those conservative run plays and just rely on his defense. Game because management. Had, had that been the point. Understanding, yeah, right. had, understanding had, the flow of the game, for sure, yeah. Right. And, and and to be honest, Dak's rookie year, I mean, that's what they pretty much did, managed the game for him. Now, he made spectacular okay, plays so and, you know. I hear this a lot, and I'm, I'm not trying to – I don't want to sound like I'm arguing. I, I hate that, though. 
I, I hate when we, yeah, when yeah, we right, go right, back right. to Dak's rookie, <laughs> rookie year because he, he's much he's so much better as a quarterback. We don't need to be we don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not turning not turning him into a game manager, but mm-hmm. I mean, because he, he he's more versed in what he's doing now. But yeah. you know, sometimes you know that, that comes along with putting the players in the absolute best position. There you go. Yeah, you know, I sometimes you, yeah. you 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 have to you know you invested a lot on his defense. Sometimes you know you have to. I ain't gonna say play conservative because that'll get you beat, but you have to understand the flow of the game, and, and if your defense can hold a team to 10 points this game, like, you don't have to score 40. You know, I, like, well, here, I don't let, know. Let me, let me expand it a little bit further. It's, it's not about being conservative all the time. It's not about, uh, you know, our de- like, look, I get it. If you know the defense is playing that great, that don't mean you run the ball 45 times. It's just you, right. can, call, you can call a quality passing play that doesn't require right, right. you throwing the ball to one-legged Michael Gallup on your third read exactly. or, or or Noah Brown or a triple team uh, CD land. Like you can still call quality play game right. management. Isn't just about, Hey, we running the ball in this situation, right? right, right it's about, right. like you said, exactly. putting your players in the best positions to succeed and understanding the flow of the game. And that was clear. That's right. something that a young offensive coordinator who never coached in college, never coached uh, and professionally, except for one year as a, a quarterback's coach. And that was, a quasi quasi quarterback coach, and then he went straight into OC. Right. So that's just experience, and he'll probably do wonders over there in in LA because he's gained that experience, right? I don't right, doubt right. Kellen Moore being a good offense coordinator in this league, but it just for the for what you had over the last two years, I think it required a a more acquired a Mike McCarthy. I just be honest, he should have let Mike McCarthy right. do this. And if it was me, what happened in twenty twenty one in the in the postseason? where C.D. Lamb didn't get a touch until the third quarter. Right. Where Tony Pollard had three carries. Three carries. Three carries. Right. So we're seeing the same thing, right. uh, Where, you know, you you were doing so many things in the regular season, but you just completely eliminated them in the postseason. When you got to the – right. And and, and against that team, and maybe they got your number, it is what it is. That, to me, I would have said, you know what, man? This look, Kellen. We understand where you, where you're heading, but we we need something that we know is tried and true. I would have made the decision right. there, so you're not now talking about. You hear McCarthy? Year one, year one. We're in the first year of doing this. We're in the first year of doing that. Why are we in the first year right. of doing first year. things in a scheme that's been tried and true and successful? And he's been here for four years, so I would have right. been made that exactly. move. But but here we are. Here we are. Yeah, but. But I, I and with all that being said, you know we went through a lot of adversity last year. You know you lose the starting quarterback, and your your season pretty much. You know we weathered that storm. We lost Tyron Smith for what eight nine games. Uh, Terrence Steele. So we we were hype there. Man, hype man. It just kept, it it just came down to those few plays that that ultimately you know sure. cost us our season. And, and let me tell you something. With all due respect, the the situation against the Niners, bro was the ultimate testament to two things. Coaching and quarterback. And I think both failed right. in that test. And, and this is what I mean. Right. You were out there with, I mean, y'all, come on. Let's be honest, man. That offense when Tony, even with Tony there is rough, but the offense when Tony went down and you're not using Malik, 
it was it was a lot of nothing. Yeah, you, you know, CD Lamb and a whole lot of nothing, right? So what you need in that instance, you need one or two things to happen or both. You need your quarterback to go stupid. Unfortunately, right. you're playing against the best defense in the league. So the odds of that happening, very slim. You know, very, very slim. Right. Or you need your coordinator, your coaching, whomever, whether it be McCarthy saying, nah, nah, Kellen, we got to do this because we absolutely need to aid in this victory. And neither of them happened. Your quarterback did not will, will the victory, and your coordinator didn't outcoach anybody. And if both of those thi- those right. things are not going to happen, you ain't going to win, man. You're just not going to yeah, win in that situation. Win in the playoffs. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And, and, and this, this is my last point. I, and to me, now I love Ezekiel Elliott, what he's been to us and, and, and what he was to us for over the years he was there. But, man, why not try Malik Davis last year in the playoffs? I mean, what, what could have hurt? You know, we were pedestrian after man. Tony got hurt. It, it, it was just, I don't know. But, Hopefully we get it right this year, bro. I love your show. Continue doing what you're doing, man. You're a positive inspiration to people that you don't even know, you know, looking at you. uh, Keep doing your thing, bro. I look forward to seeing y'all on the pregames each and every Sunday. Thank you, brother. Fantastic call. All right. Man, I appreciate those kind words and the love, man, because I put in that work. So salute to you and salute to everybody, man, showing all the love here. But I'm showing Malik because he right. Yeah, We're going to beat this horse until the season starts. I don't know how you don't insert this guy. And let me be frank here about that game right there, the Tennessee Titan game. The Tennessee Titan run defense was good. I used to say this a lot. There's a lot of new, and shout out to all 600 and something y'all in here on both sides here. Do me a favor, hit that like button. I used to say this all the time when, you know how, it, it was a standard thing for the Cowboys offense under the, the more regime where it starts off hot and then it gets figured out and things get weird. Right. I used to say this a lot when it came to the run game though, I get where it may not be the best run blocking at the time or the best, the, the run scheme is not that great. So with that said, why continue to hammer Ezekiel Elliott in between the tackles all the time and give him majority of the carries, give it to the guy that can take one carry and go. <laughs> all it takes is one. Yeah. He might get two, three, one, four, two, five, and then boom, 65 yards to the crib. You were never going to get that with that current version of Zeke. It just, it ain't his wheelhouse anymore, but you were with TP. It's very similar to Malik Davis. Like, look, I get you're playing against the Niners. It's a tough defense to run against. So why not give it to the dude that might be able to give you a spark when your spark plug went out? I don't want to go back too far because because Malik is going to get that opportunity now, but it just never it just never made sense to me ever. Man. All right, we got two more. Then we're going to go ahead and wrap this up with our guy Marv. Y'all know we got to end it with Marv. What's good? Three two five. Hey, what's going on, Will? Um, first of all, congrats on the computer, man. Can't wait to see uh, the production level and what you do next. Um, second, man, listen to a lot of the callers. And listen to a lot of the stuff this morning is one I want to say, don't worry about the trolls on Twitter. Just, you know, you just do your thing, Will. Leave it to the people in the field. We got you. Like, <laughs> I'm out here. I'm out here. I'm out here. Like, I should be I should be catching felonies for some of the tweets. I'd be hurting people's feelings. Bro. You know what's crazy? It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's Twitter, uh, yesterday. Twitter entices you now, bro. Twitter entices you to engage with that because they'll pay you. 
They, is it, they entice you, but I just yeah. can't do it. I don't got time, man. I'm, I don't got time for that. I don't got the energy. <laughs> nah, I, 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 really, I really don't either. But, you know, sometimes, like for this week, this team, especially because this is one of the teams, like you said, we got a real chance and we feel that. So it's yeah. like, nah, I'm going to stop all my shit before the season, during. Like, always, I'm going to let y'all know that we about to whoop y'all. <laughs> we about to whoop y'all, and I'm not sorry about it. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, and so I wanted to ask you about the tight end room. Well, I wanted to – have you heard uh, too much or any inside sources on John Stevens? Yeah, we talked about him yesterday. Um, he He's he's having a, a good camp, man. He's making big plays. He's using his length, his, his athleticism. And he's a guy – when we did the depth chart thing – do I still got this depth chart up? Sure do. When we did the depth chart thing, yeah. Um, yeah, my, my shocking, and again, I'm, again, look, if we're trying to put John Stevens on the roster, which right now at this moment, I don't think he, he makes the roster, but practice squad, I think he would low-key be competing with Peyton, but Peyton Henderson's probably going to make the team. I, I'm just saying, Sean McEwen does things for you that John Stevens and Peyton Hendershot can't do, and that's be able to do some fullback things, and I don't think they're carrying a fullback. So, you know, John Stevens has a good camp, bro. He is. And I can't wait to see him out there on Saturday. Uh, but he's, he's a receiving tight end. Likely not going to be a guy that you're going to count on a block, especially early on. And, and, and honestly, probably a guy they don't want to count on in general because he's not a tight end. Uh, he was a receiver converted to a tight end, so he is still learning the position. But I think this would be a great, uh, right. a great practice squad stash unless he goes nuclear in preseason and you've got no choice but to carry him. So. Yeah, and so I just wanted to see that because whenever I was looking at things, Will, is what I kind of noticed is that, all right, Kellen's out and now Mike McCarthy's coming in, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the offensive linemen that have looked a little bit better have been Asim Richards and, like, T.J. Bass. We got tight ends, you know, we got tight ends like John Stevens. We got late-round receivers like uh, Jalen Brooks. And it just seems like McCarthy knows what type of player is going to work in his system better than Kellen knew what was going on. Oh, for sure. For sure. Ke- if that makes it was, sense. it was Kellen's system. So Kellen, and I don't even think Kellen understood how to use everybody to be completely honest. Again, he was, he's a guy that has plays. He's not a guy that knew how to call, call them or put guys in the best position, in my opinion, you know, and this is, this is coming from people down there. So it ain't like, this is just some random thing, but, um, and, and also my opinion too, I should say, yeah. but, but, you hear McCarthy say, hey, man, I'm about players over plays. That was never the case with Kellen. Kellen was about my, right. I use air quotes, system uh, over these players. Right. And then and the other thing is, is like, man, I, I'm not mistaken, but like, didn't San Francisco and Philly, didn't they lose their defensive coordinators? They, well, Philly uh, lost. Over the last season? Yeah, Philly lost both coordinators. Um San Fran lost D'Amico, which yeah, I'm glad like to Boston. get him the hell up out of here because D'Amico was giving us problems, boy. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I'm in Houston. They're like, yay, D'Amico. I'm like, yeah, get him away from the 49ers. <laughs> for yeah, sure. yeah. But the Niners um, got so much talent and, and on the defensive so, side. I think they'll be good. Oh, they they do. And um, so, you know, I was just wondering, like, man, everybody is just counting us out for the NFC East. Yeah, some people doing it on the talk shows or whatever, but I'm just like, do y'all not know Dak Owens, y'all? Like, it's he dropped 40 on them boys. Y'all had to switch to D.C. And now, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, and so the so when I, when I was speaking on the Twitter violence 
uh, <laughs> yesterday uh, to, you know, it was like 10 Eagle, Eagle fans on me, so I dropped the Sean Desai stat. Did you, did you throw the hat? Did you throw the hat last there? year? Oh, hey, I had to throw the hat and start skipping, Will. I had to throw the hat and start skipping. I was like, bro, I do this. They're, they're like, oh, what are you? Like, yeah, and I'm just like, bro, I'm from Texas. Like, if you're not even on district, you don't get to talk to me, player. Like, I've been, I've been on football. So, and so what I dropped was Sean Desai's stats last year with uh, Seattle, which was 26. uh, 26th in points and 25th in yards. So good luck with that. And, uh, you know, Cowboys, we, we, I think we're wrecking this year, Will. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great year for y'all to do content because I think we're going to get to talk our shit a lot. O
is not back with this team. Um, mm. I, I feel like that's why they. I feel like that's why they didn't renew Skip Pete because a they were ready to move on from Zeke. B Skip Pete was pounding the table for Zeke to be a more A than yeah. he was B his whole yeah. His, yeah his whole career. So that's why I think the whole Skip Pete experience expired. I mean, I felt like Gary Brown should have stuck around when he was here, but they allowed Skip Pete to come in here, and he did his thing with Zeke. I, I appreciate him for it, but I, I'm I'm more than willing to bet on that. the fact that the reason That's that both of those guys aren't here is because he was a progress stopper for Malik. I, I honestly think Malik is the number two running back this year. I, I, I feel like he's going to beat out Rico. Rico looked good. He looked healthy. But I just feel like this coaching staff really, they really are rubbed with the fight that that boy Malik Davis has and and the faith that he has in his, you know, being successful in this offense. They actually love Rico. That's that's the thing right now. We we talk about sponsors. Rico's advantage right now is he is the, he has the sponsorship of the, of the coaching staff. And here's where, here's where the, it's advantageous for Rico, bro. He doesn't not, he not only has a sponsor, with the offensive play caller, he's got the sponsor with the special teams coordinator too. So, you know, true story. You know, that's what, and, and again, I said this at the top of the show, we, we might be going back and forth about RB two, but guess what? I think all of them making the team. And, and and if they all make the team, I think Rico and Malik are going to get carries. Roger that. And that's what, that was much, that, that was kind of my two, my point two way was that I don't think it's more of a running back by committee, I, I think that this is just a, a group of dogs. I mean, even down to little man, like I think just listening to them talk about him and pass protection at practice. I mean, it, it, that's a that's 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 a compliment to have somebody five foot five, hundred and sixty pounds picking up a linebacker the way that they were talking about he picked up in pass protection. I mean, that's coming from the head coach. Yeah. But my other thing, man, was like when you hear C. D. Lamb. And Jalen Tober talk about Brandon Cooks. Does it make you think that Amari Cooper just was not about giving off the knowledge and passing no, down no. the game to this receiving core? No, 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 no. I, I, I want to be clear just, on this one. I want to be clear on this one. My Amari Cooper one hundred percent uh was a, a a heady veteran for those young guys. One hundred percent. You I mean, hell, just watch the uh was it all in or whatever it was called? And the uh, the the prime thing, and then hard knocks. You could see some of it. And then if you if you attend camp, you see Mari Cooper off to the side helping these guys as well. I just think their leadership, uh, if you want to call it that, their leadership uh, attributes are different. I think Cooper was more about on the field, right, and practice and whatnot. Where uh, Brandon Cooks been around longer actually than Cooper, and. He's been around different quarterbacks, high-level quarterbacks. He, he's just seen it all from diff- inside, outside, and, and he's doing things off the field from a, hey, keeping your body in shape, how to prepare, uh, and obviously also being the on-field leadership. So I don't want to diminish what Coop did here for a guy like C.D. Lamb. You just ask C.D. Lamb. He glows about Mari Cooper and helping him. But you can have – you can say Coop led in his way, and so is – Brandon Cook. So I don't want y'all to think Mark Cooper was some dude that was a gatekeeper. He was 100 percent a big a big help in uh, CD Lamb's development early on. All right, and then my last thing, and then I'm gonna let you go, brother. I, I honestly feel like the hate that Dak has received and the scrutiny that Dak has received is just unprecedented. Like 
I've never in my life, like I'm 40 years old and I don't like to name drop, but there's, I have two family members that tried out, like they, they actually, they, they tried their hand in the NFL. So this is why I love this game so much. But when I've, I've never seen a quarterback, not even since Romo, receive so much scrutiny on, oh, he threw two interceptions in practice. Oh, man, it's pra- we talking about practice, because, like, That's practice. <laughs> so with that being said, I, I also was talking to Brother Rome on his live the other night. Man, I just want to say this, this last thing. Uh, you, CFT, and Vach Lombardi, man, I, y'all have helped me get through a lot of medical shit that I've been battling okay. the last couple years. Just listening to you guys you know, while I'm going through chemo or while I'm going through radiation, just sitting and listening to your podcast, being able to do what a lot of other people can't do, which is create content for your favorite team. Y'all brothers do it genuinely, and y'all do it relatively with a with a humble and open mind. Y'all talk with the fans. Y'all y'all's uh, interaction with y'all's followers is unprecedented. Like I just, I really appreciate y'all, yeah. and we we out here, we real friends, fans out here that are rocking with y'all. Love what y'all do, man. Keep it up, and God bless you and your family. Oh, and prayers to uh, Law Nation and yes. his family, man. Prayers to Law Nation. Prayers to you as well. Hope you 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 in your recovery uh, is going well. I know that's not easy. A lot of us have, have have dealt with family members or or personally have dealt with that situation. So. You definitely know thoughts, man. Your, your, your words, uh, man, humbling. I try, I try not to get emotional in front of y'all on this camera, but that was, that was, that was heavy. That hit me, man. Thank you. No, y'all, man, y'all do a, an amazing job of keeping fans' hope alive. And I know that this is just a damn game, but at the end of the day, the way that y'all break down content and the interactive part of it with your fans and followers, especially with Botch and his 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 sound effects, his his Joan and old people. <laughs> Like that—that that is inspirational, and and that's love. And I just want to send love and and, and vi- good vibes to all four of y'all. I'm returning that back, bro. Love and good bi- vibes to you as well, man. All right, prayers, man. Salute. <laughs> heavy, man. Heavy, heavy, heavy. I, 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 that'll never get old, and it'll always be the same response. Me, it's like, oh man, I didn't even realize. Even when I'm out during the season, I come to Texas live. I'm like, I, I just, I'm still. Well, from Bow Street, you know, I, I don't even think of it that way. Then I have to remember, dang, I, I, this does go live to a lot of people. And I had a morning routine and, and now I'm a part of y'all morning routine. And it's deeper than that. Right. So humbling, humbling, man. Love y'all to death for real. We got a yeah new media in the building, Patrice. Marv. So before I bring you on here, Marv. We in three weeks. You got three weeks of practice. I ain't heard from Marvin. I'm glad you're cool. I know you probably been down there at camp. So you got a lot of. I want to say film, but you got a lot of boots on the ground. You've seen some things and I know you got some. You got something for me. You got a hot take for me, Marv. What's up with you, fam? I know you got something for me, man. (laughs) <laughs> nah, I've been uh, just doing like you guys, watching everything. Okay. And it's lovely. It is. Everything's going right. They practicing the right way. We never, uh, since uh, the the coach took over, they find, you know, they let him do his thing. He's doing it the right way. He's building that foundation. We never had a foundation. 
we was all over the place. And you, you could tell that was killing that man. You could tell after that Green Bay game, he was pissed off. You know what I'm saying? It's like, let these guys beat me. And I had them down by 14 points. You see what I'm saying? The Jaguar game, we had them. We let them come back, you know. He's like, man, this time ain't no coming back. Mm. You ain't coming back on this year. Okay. If we get up by 14 on you this year, I'll be shocked if they come back. Ain't no way. No. And the speed, oh, man, that's, oof, I love it. But look, like you said, you, what you were saying, Will, they throwing deep balls all yesterday. Then they did the zone, the run game on the two-yard line. See how they practice and everything, the little things, like you say, mm-hmm. on the two-yard line. Let's practice this. And then let's practice throwing bumps. Yeah. yeah this... And that number 49, that, that tight end, he's making a team, Will. Ooh. If he, like you said, if he show off the, the preseason, ain't no way you sneaking him on practice. Yeah, if, I agree. If, if, he, if he goes crazy in the preseason – because of the nature of the position, somebody gonna scoop him up. So that that's oh, what it, that's what it's gonna be. If he if he goes crazy, yeah. somebody's gonna be on the outs, man. And yeah, no, I don't know, man. And Peyton Hendershot. But they been, said he might uh, get, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. They said he might take five tight ends. That ain't no way. Ain't no way, bro. Well, 43, 43 gonna make the team the fullback. He'll just be on the practice squad. That's what it's gonna be right there. So so between the fullback. Yeah. So you're talking about Lipke? Yeah, yeah. So he can't so yeah, if he makes, makes it, if he's on a practice squad, Marv, that means he didn't make the initial team. Excuse me. That means well, he didn't make the make initial team. Who you gonna keep? Him or eighty four? If eighty nine show out, you keep an eighty four or forty three. I mean keep? if I know if I know I can get Lipke on the practice squad, I'm keeping Sean McEwen. If I know I can right, get him on a yeah, unless again again, Marv. If Lipke goes goes berserk over the next couple got, of weeks, then it's a different you got story. Kelly Moore, no. Kelly Moore, like Kelly Moore might still be cuing. You know, Kelly Moore, and do what with him? Nothing. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we're about <laughs> Kelly still in no damn Hunter Lipke. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but uh, everything's been going good, man. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, just to let y'all know. Some of the corners, when they get beat, they get beat. They be running right with the guy, but they're not trying to hurt themselves, and they're not trying to hurt the receiver. So just to let y'all know, when y'all watch it on the film, when y'all watch it at the uh, camp, there was, the corners be right with them, but uh, sometimes they just don't try to, you know, over. Play and might you know fall on somebody, sure. hurt their ankle or something. You know what I'm well, yeah. The only one I'm seeing, and again, this is just videos, but these are the most videos coming out on this guy that's getting beat just a lot. Is your boy? You know what I'm talking about, right? I want you to say his name. Oh no, but that's you seeing that. But when I'm at the camp and mm-hmm. I see him, they when they play the uh, eleven on eleven, mm-hmm. he don't get beat. And everybody in the game, he be mm-hmm. right with the guy. That, that's mm-hmm. when he play. But when he be running, he be running right with the guy, and I see what he's doing. He's probably working on his technique. Because like me and you say, like, what would you say? He say, damn, turn your head. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So, so they got him working on that. So let me ask you now. We're three weeks in. Uh, what's, mm-hmm. your, what's your wishes? Well, how are you feeling about And, again, I know you're biased towards Kelvin Joseph, but I'm asking you to remove your biases. 
between <laughs> Eric Scott, Nation Wright, Kelvin Joseph, where does he fit in that in that out there at camp? For you, for what you well, say. Well, right now, they like. No, 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 Right, because you said I'm out there every day. You've seen everything, right? And and other people who've been yeah. out there every day also have some words about Kelvin Joseph that ain't so glowing. But I want to know yeah. between because it's going to come down. Look, Eric Scott's making the team, but let's just do this ranking real quick. Eric Scott, Nation Wright, Kelvin Joseph. Of those three, where does he fall in how they're performing at camp to you? Well, in camp mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. he's been playing. Uh, when they play on 11-11, he played outstanding. But when y'all see him playing the, uh, no, 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 the one-on-one. Marv, 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 Marv. Focus, 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 focus. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not talking about what we see. Uh, I, I'm not talking about just 11-11 or just one-on-ones. I'm just talking about down there at camp. Who is standing out to you of the three? Where does he fit in those three, Marv? But him and 25 is a tie. Mm. And why I call it a tie is because he can play in the slot. I ain't seen 25 playing. No, he's not going to play in the slot. You know no, he's a boundary cornerback. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nation's boundary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nation's boundary. But he, that's what I'm saying. And the special team skills, when they be doing the special team, he'd be the first one down there. He'd be, he be beating your boy 29 down there. You oh, man, he, it's like you said. Yeah, he fast, yeah. Man. when they kick that ball, he'd be the first. He'd be leaving twenty nine in the dust. I'm like, God well, damn. He, well, so, CJ Goodwin, thirty three years old. Kelvin's twenty three. You know, that's, <laughs> that's going. That's happen. what I'm saying. And Kelvin, the fourth, four yeah, guy, four three I'm guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like you say. I really don't know. The key is, like you say, coming this Saturday. That's yeah. when you gonna see. Yeah, Saturday man. and the next week. That's it. Look, you got to come through. But look, Mark, I, I'm every uh-huh. year for the last two or two preseason games, Nation Wright be making plays in preseason. How many <laughs> how many plays is Kelvin Joseph making in preseason? He ain't making them, right? And we we talk about this on um, on Vacha's show. There there are people who are quietly doing this or that, and there are people who are making yeah. noise. Eric Scott, mm-hmm. he's making noise. Nation Wright is making noise. The, what I need, I need Kelvin to make some noise. That's it, right? Like you, yeah, you're going to get yeah, beat. Yeah. Like everybody going to get beat. Both of those dudes got beat. Eric Scott got beat. Nation yeah. got beat. Trey got beat. Got beat. But the difference is, them yeah, other yeah. dudes is making plays that make noise. So I'm gonna need KJ to make noise. And when he start making that noise, then you get real excited, man. But until he makes noise, yeah, yeah. it's like, look, Eric Scott's the guy. You know, Nation Wright. He, look, we, we can get on what was happening out there at cornerback too, but he was better than Kelvin Joseph last year. He was making some plays and some noise. So, I just need Kelvin to start making yeah, some yeah. noise. He got to make with all that talent, like you say. Yeah, and uh, you made some interesting too. I was like, man, they might be right. I'm like, this guy ain't played that much. He just like uh, he. To me, he's like number eighteen. Who are you talking about, brother? Kevin Joseph. You know, oh, eighteen oh. ain't uh, when I was eighteen ain't played that much. He just started playing. How he was talking, you know. Kevin, he played at LSU one yeah. year, and then he played at yeah. Kentucky. And experience, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you right. I was like, man, he might be. 
I said, I was listening again. Will Steele might be right. Kevin Jones got all the talent. He ain't been out there that long. I'm but, like, bro, that was a concern he coming out to me. I mean, oh, red flags aside, right? Like, red, red flags aside. Yeah, yeah. The talent he has yeah. talent, but he did not. He played fifth. I think it was fifteen. Somebody fact check me. I think he played fifteen yeah. games, bro. That that's enough. That's not enough. <laughs> that's not enough. Yeah. So that's why they finally uh, got patience with him. That's what saved him. If he didn't play like thirty or forty games, oh yeah, he'd have been gone. And ah, forget it. If, if he was, if he was a fifth or sixth round pick, he'd have been gone. But but he he's yeah, not. He you know he's not. So. Yeah. Yeah. But he, but like you said, he's killing on that special team. I'm like, God, he's killing it. Marv, so, I, I want, I want we um, Marv Kuyper analysis right here, Marv. I want some Marv Kuyper analysis. Mm-hmm. We're, we're concerned about the yeah. interior of this offensive line, right, Marv? I, I, TJ yeah. Bass, right? TJ Bass, Awesome Richards. Step you got, it up. You got Remember your I told you about him? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask Yo, you. Do you yeah. got your eyes on those guys? What they looking like to you? Yeah. Bass and Richardson, they step it up. They get better and better. So, Aaron Cohen will get beat up in these three preseason games so they can be ready for the real game. Okay. You got to let them play. I don't mm-hmm. need to see 73 play. I don't want 77 play. I don't want 78 to play. And I don't want 63 to play. Let everybody get their butt beat. <laughs> bitch, the whole story. So be- yeah, that's another conversation yeah. we're going to have here in a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know what we kind of messed up? I'm like, why we let Collins go? Lyell? The Minnesota, the big – Oh, oh, no, oh, the oh, other oh one. Avion, Avion, yeah. When I saw Avion, and me and you saw that last year, Avion didn't give up nothing last year at that right tackle. See, that's yeah, why they got rid of all of them. You said, you yeah. said one thing, too. They got rid of that offensive coach because he didn't like players, and he made and they got rid of his bonehead self, and they got rid of the halfback coach because he was favoritism. Because, like you say, Malik Day was average every. When he played against San Francisco, he had two carries. It averaged like six yards carry and didn't play no more. That's when you know there was favoritism. So they got rid of all them haters. I'm glad they're gone, man. Man. Yeah. They might have to make a call here soon, Mar, uh, for some depth. Yeah, for some I'm depth. bringing oh, him back. One more, one more, one more. Because a lot of people are not talking about, well, let's go. He's exclusively at right tackle because I haven't seen too many left tackle snaps. Yeah, he's a yeah right tackle, and then sometimes we'll get a uh, a, a dash at left, but they trying seventy one at left, and then seventy one be playing guard too. He played better when he played guard. Yeah, because he look like he getting worked. So that's at what left I'm saying. Tackle. That's I ain't gonna lie. They should have kept Avion. That's the one they should have kept, man. Yeah, but fair. I'm mad at the president. I ain't calling him the president no more because. He's like, I pay you all this money. He made $80 million, and then you're going to pull this because he pulled it because he know Conor McGovern ain't here. I guarantee you, if they would have signed Conor McGovern back, I guarantee you he wouldn't have held out. i put some money on that. Because yeah. Conor McGovern played that right guard perfect, and they wouldn't have been missing a beat. See, he tra- he's slick. President slick. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. pay him. No, I don't pay him nothing. If we yeah. and I told my friend, if we can't win with if we this that means we back to Jason Garrett. When one player left with Jason Garrett, then we could play horrible. So if we can't play without one player, cowboy fans, that means we not good. 
And ain't just, just one player real. though, man. That's that's Zach. So I hope they come with a with to a compromise. I hope both sides come to a compromise here. This situation sucks in general. That is one of your best yeah. players on the team, one of the best players in the league, the best guard in the league yeah. on, on a on a line that yeah. needs stability that doesn't have stability. Yeah, he he's one hundred percent needed. Um, we don't have Connor McGovern, uh, Connor McGovern here. We don't have anybody behind him. I'm hoping there's some compromise yeah. here. I'm not going to shit on either side because you know I, no, I'm, I'm, all, I'm always for players getting their bread. And this ain't nothing new. You know, wanting to get an extension or more money. That, that this is what players mm-hmm. do. But I also understand the the team side where you know, hey, we paid you the contract. Let's just come and play. But at the same time, you can't on one hand say, hey, Zach. You signed a contract, come play. Well, then they shouldn't have cut Zeke. They shouldn't cut anybody that signs a contract. How about you? You you abide by the contract as well, right? So it, it's two yeah. sides of this thing. Yeah. It's ugly. I, I I get both sides, but I want there to be a compromise coming in the middle to get him back here, man, because we need him. Yeah, I just hope uh, he, he come back because, like, uh, like I was telling uh, one of my Philadelphia friends, he always be talking smack. I say, boy, we put forward on y'all, and now we we got rid of video King Raheem that that don't know how to play, and you throw we got Fox, we got my boy from Houston, now, that fast receiver. He said, yeah, I'm kind of nervous. He say, the Philadelphia fan, he said, man, y'all receivers are dangerous now. He say, that Which dude part, number Costa? three, yeah. yeah. I say, I love to see y'all try to play him one on one and watch how he torture the corners. <laughs> he say. Uh, he said, we got to get that rush on y'all. He said, I hope he said, I hope your guard don't come back so we can get that press rush so y'all don't hit us for no deep one. I said, boy, y'all in trouble, man. Ain't no more. Uh, and 49ers in trouble, too. My 49er friends, they looked at me and said, Mom, I think y'all might get us. Video King Raheem is done. We know y'all play. I said, yeah, y'all knew our plays. You ain't going to know our plays now, brother. Now y'all about to get schemed up and you about to hit you. I agree, Ma. You see I how Philly, I, I said, I said, you see how Philly did y'all score third on y'all so easy, and we got better receivers than him. We finna kill y'all now. Yeah, y'all in yeah. trouble, bro. Yeah, hey, that Mar- 49er thing is gone. Yeah, man. Hey, Mar, appreciate yeah. the call, man, and, and our Mar yeah, Piper Junior update, brother. <laughs> and salute to my boy Will. Salute, man. Salute. Hit them likes for my man. Yes, sir. Salute. Yes, sir. We, we finally got our Marv update down there, man. Let me get to these super chats in a second. Uh, so Kostic, I do want to entertain that because that's that's fair, right? Like again, I get both sides. I'm not. I ain't trying to fight nobody. Like, you signed a contract. You should honor it, right? Uh, Kostic said, you know, they pay Zeke all his guaranteed money. He got all oh, you're talking about. He got everything he agreed to. So same thing with Zach, bro. Um. Zach's Zach's guarantees, if I'm not mistaken, are done after this year. So at any moment they can cut him and not and, and there's no money owed to him. Right? So I get it. I get it from Zach's standpoint. 100 percent But teams also don't honor the con just because Zeke, and I'm not just talking about Zeke. This isn't just, just Zeke. I just use Zeke, right? But there are times where teams have cut players with guaranteed still available. 100 percent That's happened countless times in the national football league. So I don't think that argument of, Oh, he signed a deal, honor it. And that's just your basis of the argument. Well, teams don't honor those deals either. You know? So I I get, I get it, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. 
both sides. Get it, I get it. I just need them to come to a compromise. Do I have, I'm not, no, I'm never ever going to pretend to have all these damn answers. I'm not an agent. I don't care to be. I actually, actually, I hate that we, we know these players contracts because it, it takes away from the football aspect. Um, but it is what it is. We know it now. So I need, I need them to come to a compromise some way, somehow. And I need Jerry to shut the hell up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. He, he start talking again about this and he getting in depth too. Like he, now the whole member, I said, oh, man, we going to play this through the media. I'm not talking about this done. He is 100% negotiating through the media now. And we're back to the same old saying when it comes to Cowboys and players, like this is a holdout. It's ain't the first time, bro. Zeke did it. Um, D law did it. Uh, now not this deep. Uh, Dez, I think Dez did it too. Now, it wasn't this deep. Again, this is kind of one of the deeper ones. This is this is the deepest we've been in the holdout since the Zeke thing. Um, so it sucks, man. There, there, it sucks. There's no winner here. Both sides are losing this situation, man. Dallas, because we suffer without him. Uh, Zach, because he's losing about a million dollars, is going to be at this damn point. So just come to a healthy compromise, man, and, and get Zach back out there. Like, we need Zach. So you're saying no team, because Caustic said not true. You're saying no team has ever or or had multiple cut players and haven't honored the full contract. I know for a fact that's a lie because I'm not just spitting this out. You know, I've spoken with people inside these these walls. So that is 100% false. I'm not saying every team does or every person's contract is an honor, but there are contracts where teams say, Hey man, you're not good enough. It's not worth it. You're gone. Or maybe we not filling you off field. You're gone. Like that has happened. That's just, that's just the nature of the beast. So what you're saying is not true. So, (laughs) and, and we can bring, look, I'll try to bring on a guy. uh, I forget the dude's name former agent or whatnot. We'll bring him on. We'll bring him on. We'll have to have this conversation. You know what I mean? We'll absolutely do it. That's why That's why I like this because now this just gave me an idea to go do that. And I hate to go back to, to the Zach Martin contract thing because, again, I, I understand both sides and I want Zach to be here. But I know for a fact that teams definitely cut guys when there's still money owed to them. 100%. Uh, slim. Slim. Oh. Okay, Slim. Slim is having a bit of a, a turn on Jake. He said, Jake looking good. I hope he can keep it up. I love that toe tap touchdown yesterday. I'm telling you, Slim, Jake has sneaky athleticism. And I'm, look, you can call it a stereotype, whatever you want. But he has sneaky athleticism, man. He, he goes up and gets the rock. He's shorthanded. He can make you miss. Jake Ferguson can be tight in one. I ain't worried about that. I do want to see Luke out there, though, and competing for tight end one. And tight end two, because you don't want your tight end, your second round pick to be a tight end three. No, sir. No, sir. Luke, Luke, Luke needs to be competing with Jake. Will it happen this year? It might not, given he's behind, but maybe play Saturday. Maybe we'll see. On the way out, before I get into these super chats, please hit the like button, man. Please. Been a fantastic show. Great callers, great chats, great conversations in the chat. But let's get to these super chats. Super chat. Speaking of Caustic, 
he dropped 10 to say, uh, get your new computer, man. Love your show. Keep it up, Scott. 100%, bro. Appreciate it. Even if you're wrong. Super chat. <laughs> Black Lion dropped one. He dropped five. I'm sorry. Do you think John Stevens can develop to what Jermichael Finley was for Green Bay? Ooh. I think uh, Mays. Oh, Mozzie. Okay, you meant Mozzie. Mozzie can be another Dominican Sue, similar frame, power, and jilly. I'd love it. I'd love it for him to be the Dominican Sue. Do I think John Stevens can develop it to Michael Finley? Bro, that's that's high. That's a high praise, right? Uh, there's talent there. There's It's just way too soon, right? Way too soon to know. In fact, we just got a handful of clips or, or practice reps. We'll know more. We'll be able to see him full-fledged out there this week so you know but Jermichael Finley I love it I, I'm not ready to say that's what he gonna do it's very early I ain't trying to throw a, a wet blanket over the situation but there's upside there's talent there he is a receiver converted to a tight end it might take a year it might take a year for him to kind of get comfortable at that position he's probably gonna have to bulk up a little bit too uh Jay Recruiter Super Chat Drop 5 by the way all these Super Chats are going to the PC Fun Salute uh, Jay Recruiter said, I see the offense being like the Rams. Few plays, but deadly. Rams, uh, Niners, right? I know what you mean, right? There's not a whole lot of different personnel sets, but there's a lot of different variations that can come out of it. 100%. Finesse, drop five. Super chat. He said, thanks for the content, Scott. Keep doing what you do. Thank you. Finesse, appreciate that. And Brother L, drop one. Super chat. About to start calling this man the executive super producer. Brother L dropped one and said, "You gonna take some? You gonna take these flowers and like them, Sky? We love you. Yeah, I, I, I suck at that, man, because I, I'm all, I'm just always head down work and trying to give the love, but when, when receiving, I suck at that. But I, I look, I appreciate it 100. I have no idea. I have no idea, especially when, for those that have been around for a while, when the situation with the other channel happened, I was about to be done. I was ready to be done, man. But between Michelle and between y'all, it kept me going." A Aaron. Super chat. Drop one said, I want to see Dak practice throwing the ball away. PC fun. Uh no, man. That's a wasted rep. A wasted rep. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. I'm practicing the, throwing the ball away. I mean, you've been playing in this league for eight years. This is a rookie, maybe, but this is this is a eight-year veteran, man. You know when to hold him, know when to fold him when you get out there. Um practice throwing the ball away. I don't even think they teach that out there. Yeah. It's one of those things where if it's a sack, you actually don't don't take you actually have to finish the play. I think it was Brian Broadus who was um talking to us on air and was like, hey, look, a lot of these plays that we're seeing, I say a lot, but some of these plays that we're seeing, the play would have been dead. But because of they can't tackle the quarterback, you play through through the play, you play through the sack. So you're going to continue to throw that ball to a player or whatever to just practice, trying to catch these tough catches or fit it here or fit it there. Um, you would hope your eight-year veteran has the wherewithal to to get out there and throw it away. Um, there's times we want him to throw it away in real games. Uh, practice, I'm not going to trip about that because you want to see, hey, hey, Simi, can Simi make this play right here against Gilmore? Can Turpin make this play? Can If I do elude this sack and this guy is open, I, I, I need them to finish the play. It's much like when a dude catches the rock and it's a tackle, they still have the guys running to the end zone. So um, I'm on the opposite side there. I don't want to waste that rep, uh, especially if, if my guy worked the guy out here on the outside. And yeah, Mike might have beat me in two seconds, but my man's open. 
I'm still going to throw that because in the game, if it's blocked up, I can get it there. If I throw it away, I, I feel like it's a waste of rep. Is all. That's all I'm saying. And then uh, Dwayne dropped Super chat. 10 and just, just support, man. Appreciate you, Dwayne. Appreciate you. Man, fantastic stuff today. Calls are off the chain in a good way. Chat was great. Couple more days, Cowboys Nation. Couple more days, and we got Cowboys preseason football. I'll have some all 22 film for you, hopefully Tuesday. I don't know if we're going to get into like the tape Tuesday stuff because it's it's tra- it's uh, preseason. They're not going to show too much in preseason, but we might, man. Knowing me, I-, I miss just dissecting the team in that in that manner, so we might. But once we get that all 22, bro, woo, we diving in. We're going to have fun with it. Uh, Sect of the Nazareth. Did I get that right? The, we just going to call you Sect. Super chat. He dropped some and said, you and Votch have put together the funniest moments. Oh, you and Votch have to put together uh, a funniest moments video compilation. So I'm willing, we're willing to actually pay somebody to do it because it's, we, we just don't even remember or know where it is. You know, so anybody open to do it, hit me up. Hit me up, man. But we definitely want to put together a compilation. In fact, I believe, and this is, now I'm going behind the curtains here, but I believe the volume is actually putting together not the funniest moments, but they're, they're putting together uh, a highlight reel for something else. Because if this goes down, Cowboys Nation, what we're going to be doing over there this season, <sighs> nothing like it, man. I mean, there already is nothing like it, but but I, when I say we working to make it even better, we it's, it's not just some little minute small thing. There's some big things in the works over there. And if this comes through, it's going to be amazing, man. It's going to be amazing. All right. We almost, we in super duper overtime. So I'm going to go ahead and press this button. Get up out of here. And then I'll be back later. Vosh Lombardi live. 315. Mo will be on later tonight. A to Z sports prime time. Make sure y'all hit up A to Z sports Dallas.com. All of the latest. I mean, as soon as it happens, our writers are on it. So make sure y'all check out the website as well. And then I'm on Twitter. But if you trolling like that, block We out of here. Love y'all. Peace.